challenge you just to take one quick second just to think about those words we just sang. Um, my whole heart is yours. Lord, have your way and not mine. Uh, and I just believe that this morning, that if we'll just be open to that, there's some incredible things for your life today. And even though some of you say, hey, I know the title. I don't think there's anything in it for me. I'm already married. Uh, there's something in it for everyone this morning. Uh, I promise you. I do need to make a couple disclaimers. If there's any children under the age of accountability here, uh, if they... Uh, if you haven't had the S-E-X talk with them, and they hopefully don't know how to spell, um, that they would, <laughs> if they would, um, they may, you may not want them to be up here, but that's your call. I just wanted to uh, just put that out there. So without any further ado, fire when ready. Ferrari 458 Italia Spider. That is one rocking car. Oh yeah. It, 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 I just want to watch the video again, you know? I, and I've watched it like 15 times, but that, I mean, that is, that, that's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing vehicle. I have to, oh, I have to switch this. I have to give some, uh, another disclaimer as well. A lot of the, um, 
content of what we're going to be talking about. A lot of the ideas for, for what we're uh, doing with this wait, uh, rating your dating while waiting for mating comes from a book called Rating Your Dating While Waiting for Mating. Uh, I did not come up with that really cool title. It's a guy by the name of Ed Young. I saw Ed Young about a year ago, and he also made this quote. He said, um, when you're preaching, he says, God gave you two eyes, plagiarize. So he said, uh, since he said that, I'm taking some of his stuff, and, and we're going we're gonna to spin a little differently, but uh, a lot of the ideas came from there, so I can't take credit. So if you say, wait, I found this somewhere. I'm suing you. That, please make sure, was that recorded? Good. Safe. You might ask yourself, what does a Ferrari have to do with dating? What does a Ferrari have to do with my life? What does a Ferrari have to do with marriage, church, all those other words that you saw up there? What does it have to do with? There are some comparisons I would like to draw uh, today. Number one, if you were a car, just look at the neighbor beside you. If they were a car, look at them. If, if that person was a car, if you were a car, you would be a Ferrari. Somebody's saying, I, I didn't know I was going to be sitting beside a Ferrari today. You wouldn't be a minivan. You wouldn't be a Civic. You wouldn't be, you know why? Because God created you rare, unique, incredible potential, incredible beauty. Look at that person beside you. Incredible beauty. Everyone is a Ferrari. Just tell your neighbor for a second, you are a Ferrari. Okay, okay, wait a second. You are a Ferrari does not take that long to say. Who's adding stuff? Stay with me. Your relationships and your marriage as well are supposed to look like a drive down that kind of road. Just cruising through, enjoying the scenery, the amazing uh, adventure of life. Marriage is supposed to look like that. Does your marriage look like that? Do your relationships look like that? You know what? You can also rate other things in your life against that Ferrari. For instance, the Ferrari has 562 horsepower V8 engine. That's a little bit more than my minivan. It goes from 0 to 100 kilometers in less than 3.4 seconds. My minivan, 3.4 minutes. Top speed, 325 kilometers an hour. Minivan top speed? I can't say, just in case a police officer listens to this recording. <laughs> the man van does get better fuel economy, though, so I think I will keep it. You know, wisdom, right? Smart. But you can compare things against it. And I want to challenge you today, as we look at relationships that should look like a Ferrari, I want you to compare your relationships to that this morning. So who is this for? Maybe you're single and you're looking. Good place to look. We got some beautiful people around here. We just said so. They're Ferraris. Maybe you're single and you're not looking. That's okay too. Some point you probably will be. Maybe you've just come out of a divorce and you're thinking about, you know, do I really want to get back into that dating scene again? Maybe, maybe you're a, maybe you're a parent or a grandparent and think, you know, I'm already married. Do you, do you realize something that the stuff we're going to talk about today, one of the most important things you can do for your kids and grandkids and the other kids around this place is to help them grow up to learn how to find the perfect and the right person to marry. It's so, so important. Um, today is more of one of those messages where I'm not saying this is what you need to do. And this is, it's more of a here's a how to. Here's a how to find out, you know, how to make decisions in your life. I can't make them for you. 
but this is just a simple thing of saying how to. It's giving you the 411 so you don't have to call 911 in your relationships. Let me ask you a question. What if I told you that as you left this parking lot and you turned left and you headed down that way, what, what if I told you that that, that first intersection there, that 50% of the cars that go through that intersection end up in a wreck? That's a Ferrari. What, what if I told you that 50% of the cars that ended up over there ended up in a wreck? Would you still take, you know, the, the, the driveway out here, even if you knew that 50% chance you're crashing and burning, and with many, many of those accidents, there's fatalities. How many of you are turning right when you leave the parking lot today? Well, I thought I was with smarter people here. Uh, <laughs> right then. Most of us would say we would never turn left. We wouldn't risk the 50-50 chance. Let me ask you about this. You know, statistics of marriage in Canada today are this, that one out of two, 50% of marriages in Canada crash. Oh, okay. 50% end up as relational wreckage. Second thought, 72%, 72% of second-time marriages end up in the ditch. 85% of third-time marriages end up with the wheels off and need to be towed. You laugh, but we're not getting any better at this thing called spouse selection. Even multiple tries saying, hey, you know, I did this once before. I should know better. We're not getting better. Do, do you realize something? There's something, there's something a little bit off in the way we do spouse selection. I also realize we change the meanings of words when it becomes convenient. For instance, you, you see at the altar where they're talking about vows, and they say forever. Well, forever to 50% of people means 14.5 years, just so you know. 14.5 years is the average length of a marriage that ends in divorce. Most of them are happening early. Most of the marriages end in the first seven years. But the thing is, we've got a whole bunch now who after 30, 40 years are calling it quits, and they're bringing that average up to 14 and a half years. They change the words of this. Forsaking all others, only you. Actually means for one in every five guys that forsaking all others except for that one. <gasps> one out of every five married men cheat. Look around, we got a hundred people here. It's probably what? <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I, I'm not saying who. I just say, I'm just saying. One out of every five. One out of. <laughs> It was an accident. I was texting, and I drove in the ditch. One out of every seven women. One out of every seven women. Didn't mean the words forsaking all others. Do you know, I believe that, 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 that we kind of need a recall notice on some of the things that we do in life. Anybody ever you know, had your vehicle recalled? I've never had it. I buy decent vehicles. But, uh, you know, if you, if you bought a Toyota in the last little while, you... And um, 7.5 million people received a recall notice, potentially, because of the problem that they had acceleration uh, pedals that were sticking. The car would start driving faster than you wanted to go, and it wouldn't stop. You couldn't stop these vehicles, and accidents would happen. So a recall notice was sent out. There's actually a recall sent out on the 458 Italia. The glue on the back bumper gets too hot from that massive exhaust, catches on fire, and burns up. Now let me ask you something. 
If you had a recall notice come in on your vehicle saying, hey, the accelerator sticks and you're probably going to crash if you don't bring this vehicle in. We'll fix it for free. Just bring in the dealership. How many of us would be really, really, really dumb if we, if we decided, nah, I don't need to go bring it in. I'm just going to kind of take my chances with it. I'm just going to keep driving this thing and see what happens. No, if a recall notice comes out, smart people bring the vehicle in and say, hey, I got to get this thing looked at because I don't want to injure myself and I don't want to injure others. I want to tell you that today, the Bible, there's a lot of things in here that are a recall notice on the way that we do dating. It's a recall. It's saying, hey, listen up. You know what? The way you're doing dating is potentially going to lead you to an accident where you're going to hurt yourself and others and some of you irreparably. I'm sending out a recall notice today. How, how, how dumb would I be if, if the inventor and creator of the man van sent me the notice? I mean, that person who built it, they understand how it's supposed to work, and when it doesn't work properly, they know how to fix it. Same with him. He's the inventor and creator of our lives, and he knows how to fix it when it's not working right. You know, through this series, I want to talk about some of the defective parts in our vehicle that we call dating. You might be sitting here and going, well, I don't believe in dating. I believe in courtship. I don't care what you call it. Dating, courtship, dateship, a court date. I don't care what you call it. All of that stuff falls into the spouse selection category. However you want to, whatever you want to describe it as, however you want to do it, it all falls into the what you do and don't do before you say I do. Cool? Because what you do and don't do before you say I do directly affects what you get to do and don't get to do after you say I do. So it's so important that we get that part right. We got a lot of dumb habits. Dumb habits of defective dating in our culture. North American culture has got this thing pretty messed up. You know, we, we actually, we make a lot of dumb choices when it comes to dating. We just do dumb dating choices. We get a lot of dumb dating advice. Just seeing who's back here. We got, we, we got a lot of, we got a lot of dumb, dumb dating experts Seriously, we got, we got a lot of dumb dating movies. We've got dumb dating TV shows. We've got dumb people telling other people, hey, this is how it makes it work. We have just so many things that are so dumb, 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 dumb. And then we turn it into dumb, 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 dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Dumb. And we wonder why our marriages don't end up working. Have I got your attention? Let's, let's take a look at what God says about this thing called marriage so we can get it right at the beginning. What does the Bible say? When you see a Ferrari go by, how many of you have seen a Ferrari lately? A whole lot of none. Oh, maybe. Oh. <laughs> I want to know your friends. Um. But we don't often see Ferraris go by. But you know when you see a Ferrari or a Lambo or something sweet that speeds by? How many of you, like, you sneak a peek? You're like, I want to see. Man, who is driving that car? You know, I'm that way. I will make the man van go as fast as possible on the highway just to pull up beside somebody just to see who gets to drive that sweet ride. Well, the number one thing that defective daters fail to do is they fail to check out who is driving the car. Who is driving that Ferrari, that hot smoking piece of machinery that I'm so interested in? Who's driving it? 
Who is driving it? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Scary verse. Scary verse. But let me read it to you. It's in the Bible. It says this. Don't team up. Don't team up. Or New King James says, don't be unequally yoked with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony or peace can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? What union can there possibly be between God's temple and idols? He says, don't be unequally yoked. You've got a picture of a yoke. For those of you who don't, don't know quite what that is, the yoke is where the farmer would take two animals. And he said, you know what? Take animals that are equal. You don't take a Clydesdale and a pygmy goat and put them together with this yoke and say, let's go plow a field. Because what happens? The, the, the pygmy goat gets plowed because they're, they're not equally matched. So he said, even the farmers know you don't put two animals that are unequally yoked together. Same thing, he says. It's that same idea. Don't put two people who are unequally yoked. So God says, I only want you to marry someone who's a believer. Only. Well, come on, Mark, seriously. It's hard enough to find somebody who's good-looking and sane as it is. Now they got to be a believer too. I'm not telling you. The recall notice says that God wants you to marry a believer, so it also says in that that you should only be dating believers. Because dating is all about marriage. No matter how casual you are with it, you're thinking about, am I going to spend the rest of my life with her? Do I get to or do I have to? Oh, you know, or, or the, the thing about marriage, too, is it's all about dating. Keep dating alive in your marriage so that your kids start seeing how it's supposed to look. It's all about that. So this whole thing of, of dating, it says, you know what? Find out who's driving the car. Find out if they're a follower of Jesus. Mark, how do you know if the person's a follower of Christ? Maybe you've got to get to the place where you actually ask them and say, hey, I've been dating you for like two weeks. Uh, are you a believer? But if you have to ask them, probably aren't. You know, in a Ferrari, if a Ferrari pulled in here, we wouldn't have to go out and ask, hey, is that a Ferrari? It looks like, <laughs> it looks like a Ferrari. It sounds like a Ferrari. You know, it's got the Ferrari little horse on there. It says Ferrari. You know it's a Ferrari. But just in case you can't tell, ask them. Have, have, you, have you done the ask and said, hey, who's driving the car? in your life. Because, you know, even though we, our lives are a Ferrari, we're not meant to drive the Ferrari. You drive your own Ferrari, you crash it every time, guaranteed, because we were designed to have Jesus take the wheel and have him take the keys and have him drive our lives and direct our lives where they're going to go, and then it rocks. Otherwise, it looks like that. Some of you, you know, the, the person might say, well, I'm driving the car. I'm in control of my own life. I'm making all the decisions about my life. That person, if they're a true follower of Jesus, gives up the keys to the car. And I'll tell you right now, girls, listen real close. I'm about to let you in on a secret that the guys do not want you to know. Guys will say anything just to be with you. I know, I'm sorry, fellas. I'm selling you out, but... Some of the responses you may hear to this question, are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a believer? You might get this response. Well, I've always been a Christian. I was raised in a Christian home. That's good. 
But that doesn't do it. It's impossible to have always been a Christian. The Bible says there must be a day when you said, hey, I realize that I'm messing my life. I'm running into guardrails. I'm crashing this thing called life. I can't do it on my own. And Jesus, I'm going to give you the keys. There has to be a part in life where that happened. It's always a Christian. Impossible. They might say, I believe in God. Well, they're in good company because the devil and the demons believe in God, the Bible says, and they tremble. That's more than a lot of Christians do. That doesn't mean that they're a follower of Christ. They might say, I was baptized as a baby. They might say, I was confirmed when I was 12. I went to all the classes at my church. Doesn't mean that they're a follower of Jesus. I'm a spiritual person. I got faith. Come on, baby, I got faith. Look at me. I mean, I believe. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are a genuine believer or follower of Christ. They might say this, I go to church. That's great. I go to Tim Hortons. I didn't turn into a donut. (laughs) They might even say this. I go to Kingsway. (laughs) Just because they go here does not mean that they're a genuine follower of Jesus. When he says only date believers, you've got to know how to figure out if they are. You've got to know how you can compare it. Guys will say anything. But girls, and vice versa, it's up to you to make that choice. How do you know if they're really a follower? How do you know if they really are a follower? Here's how. Number one, they're going to have a story. They're going to have his story about their life. They're going to have a story about the keys. They're going to have a key transfer story where they said, you know what? Yeah, there's a time in my life where I handed my life over to Jesus. There's still times I try and grab the wheel and drive myself, but ultimately, I've given him the keys to my life. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he took my sins. I've given my life, and I'm taking on his. There's a story somewhere. They all have a story where they said, I got out of the car, and I'm sitting shotgun. Question. As you're rating your dating today, have you checked out who's driving the car of the person you're interested in? Number two, do they produce fruit? Not only that they have a story, do they actually produce fruit? Jesus said, you'll know my followers by the fruit that they have in their lives. Say, what kind of fruit? Oh, he's an apple farmer. Do they produce fruit? Galatians chapter 5 says this, verse 22. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. What kind of fruit do they have? They have love in their life. We look at them. Do they love God? Do they love other people? Do they have joy? Just that inner tranquility and and, and, uh, on the inside that just seems to carry them through tough times. What about peace? Peace doesn't mean that they don't have conflict in their life. Peace means that when stuff's not going right, they're initiating uh, restoration of relationships. Or are they the ones who get so offended, they're always over here, I'll wait for you to come over and come tell me, make it right. I don't need you. Do they have peace in their life? Do they have it? Don't nudge people. I can see. Don't, do, they have, do they have patience in their life? Kindness. Are they generally kind? Do they have goodness? Do they have morality? Do they have character in their life? Can you see that? Are they faithful? Do they understand commitment? Do, do they get that? Do they stick through things even when the going gets tough? Or they bail at every single po- possibility when it gets a little bit rough on the road? 
They have self-control. Self-control, what is it? Delayed gratification. See, a believer in Jesus understands a couple of things. They understand this, that if you jump in the back seat before you get married, a.k.a. you jump in bed before you get married, you fog up the windshield and you will not be able to see where you're going. You will marry the wrong person, I promise you, because you won't see clearly as to where you're driving that car. They understand that God's word says, do it, and do it a lot, but do it after you say, I do. See, the devil, it's true. God, yeah, married people, yeah. See, God, God says this, though. He invented it. No, you've got to stay for the end of the service. Don't rush home. Um, he, he says, he says he invented sex. He invented it, and it is great, but it's destroying lives. Why? Because I'll tell you the devil's plan for sex right now. It's if you're dating, he's trying his best to get you into bed as much as possible. And if you're married, he's trying to keep you out of it as much as possible. It's true. It's true. Let me ask you something. What do you think if that person's going to sleep with you and would, would doesn't care about the commitment enough and just wants, you know, the, the mil, uh, whatever, I'm not going to say anything. Just, uh, they want sex before marriage. What makes you think that they're going to keep the commitment after you get married? What? What? Why, why do we think that that would actually be a good idea? A genuine follower has a story. They have fruit in their life. Number three, genuine followers of Jesus understand this. They bust out one of these. Do they have authority issues? See, there's something that Dr. Phil doesn't talk about. They don't talk about on eHarmony. They don't talk about any of those things. A lot of counselors don't understand that one of the big reasons for marriage failure is that both parties involved have issues with authority. Issues with authority. See, God, he says, get under the things that God puts over you, and you'll get over the things that God puts under you. Too many people walk around like this. Too many guys, I'm doing my own way. You know, and they have issues with authority. They, they, they got issues with their parents. They got issues with their boss. They got issues with the cops. They got issues with everybody. And they stand here like this in the rain. And they get pummeled by, you know, the hell storms of hell. They get all this stuff, and it doesn't do anything in their life. And they're like, but, but you know what? They, they don't want to realize and understand that God wants men to be responsible in the relationship. I'm not saying that men are any greater than women. Probably the other way around sometimes. But in function, in, in, in value, you're all Ferraris. Men, women alike, you're Ferraris. But in function, God says, man, I want you to be responsible for leading your marriage relationship. You take the responsibility and the authority of making your home a godly home. Men, that is your job. Too many men fear commitment. They leave that thing. I don't want it. What do you mean? I got to pray with my children? I got to read the Bible to my kids? Oh, I don't want it. And then their wives go, oh, look at that umbrella right there. Well, if he ain't going to lead, oh, I'm going to pick it up. We're going to. And, and they decide that they're going to be calling all the shots in their marriage. And guess what? It just functionally, whatever, emotionally, it just doesn't work. It does, you're not designed, sorry women, you're not designed to carry it. But find the man who's got understanding that he'll take that responsibility in your, in your relationship while you're dating and while you're married. Is he an umbrella fella? Find out. 
Does that woman have issues with authority? Guys, while you're checking her out, check that out. Number four, last one, do they regularly hang out at the dealership? Are they involved in church? You hear people, hey, I found this guy, he's so good, so I like him, he's so much, he treats me so nice. Where does he go to church? Oh, oh I think he goes to church. You think he goes, where, where does he go? Ah, uh, that one. Okay, what's he involved in there? What's he doing there? It's not saying, hey, just because they go to church. Are they involved? Are they serving? Are they connected to the family of people that says, hey, we're going to help keep you, keep you going in line. We're going to help you live this thing out. True follower of Jesus has these four things. They got a story. They bear fruit in their life. They understand authority and the issues involved with it. And they're connected to a family. So maybe you're sitting here today and you go, wait a second. Ah, oh, I don't have those things. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that girl. I, I don't, I don't know if I if I have a story. I don't know if I gave Jesus the keys. I don't know if any of this stuff. You know, I might be the guy with authority issues. That you're talking about me. I'm not marriageable material. This message is for you, because today can be the day that that can change. Today can be the day that you say, Jesus, okay, hold on. I'm realizing at this point in my life that the way I'm living, it just doesn't work. God, I, I, I'll believe that you came and died so I could live a better way, that you could give me life. Jesus, I, I'll give you the keys to my life. I'll receive the free gift of, of a driver who knows where they're going because it'll take you to your final destination. It'll take you to the place you want to go. Why does God say in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, why is, he, why is he so strong on this thing about marrying just a believer? Three things real quick. If you're writing them down, I'm going to give them to you real quick. We're running short on time. Why does he not want to be on equally yoke? Number one, he wants your relationship to fire on all cylinders. The car runs so much better when it's firing on all cylinders. So does a relationship. When you're firing emotionally, relationally, Sexually, when it's all working right. You know, we got so many married couples in church even whose sex lives are so screwed up. It just doesn't work. It's not supposed to be that way. But God wants that to be one of the main things in, in our lives is that they, that they work. Marriage, you know what? Weddings and marriage are supposed to reflect the relationship that he has with us. That's why it's so important to him. It's the only relationship that he compares that I want that friendship, that, that intimacy, that, that, that two people sharing life and the adventure together. I want, your, I want our relationship to look like that, and I want yours too. Number two, he wants you reading the same owner's manual. What good is it if I'm reading a Ferrari manual and Beth is reading like a Dodge Durango manual? She's like, no, no, it says in here. Put it in four-wheel drive and take any cliff you want. No, no, no. Mine says, keep it between the white lines. No, 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 no. The manual says, four-wheel drive, take any cliff you want. How many of you know we're going to have issues? And you say, that sounds funny, but you know what? That's what happens when believers marry unbelievers. Believers have God putting something in their life. Go on a missions trip. You know, go and do some, some of these things. Here's where I want you to spend your money. Here's some of the things that I want you to do. And they got a spouse who's reading a whole different manual. And guess what? They never reach their full potential. They can't. That's why he says, don't do it. Do not do it. The Bible is the owner's manual. Third thing, he wants you to have the same parent map. 
You get married to somebody, you're intimate with them, you end up cranking out a few kids. I know. You know, you get, you get a few kids, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got to do something called parenting. I used to say, hey, I'm babysitting tonight, and I get the evil eye. You're not babysitting, you're parenting. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, they're mine. Uh, uh, I've got I've to raise these children, right? I've got to raise these children. There are so many things in here about parenting, and I'm talking about one today that maybe we don't look at all the time. But you know what? What's our job as parents? We raise our kids to help them learn how to leave. We spent 18 years teaching them how to leave. Or 20, or 30 for some. But we teach them how to leave. One of the most important parts in that teaching is teaching them how to find the right person to leave with. We got to teach them these things. But you know, what if, what if you're a parent, and you as a parent have a GPS of here's where I want my child to end up. I want my child to be a virgin when they get married. I want my child to have the best shot at marriage. And you got a spouse who says, yeah, heck no! I've had one my whole life, and it sucked. You know, you go out and play a little before you get married. How many know that kid's going to be screwed up? How many of you got kids who say, you know what, just follow the heart of God on the inside of you for where he wants you to go, and others say, no way. They're going to school. They're going to university. They're getting education. How many of you know you set those two different GPSs up in a kid's life? No wonder we have so many teenagers who have no idea what they're supposed to do. We're giving them different parent maps. And I say a lot of that maybe we can't correct in hindsight, but why don't we start now and correct it in the future? How many more of our young people that need to get, go through these kind of heartaches and pains, why don't we change the way we talk about, about dating? And that today is just the very first the very first one in defective dating habits. I spent a whole session on it because I believe it is the most important one. I believe you get that one right, some of the other ones are going to be a little easier when we start talking about the showroom mentality, you know, where all you do is check out certain features. Back end of the car, headlights, sound system, the grill. You know, it's like, hmm. We talk about the timing belt where it's like, oh, no, the clock is ticking. I got to get married. Oh, you, all right. We're we'll talking about all these kind of things and how to, how to make the right decisions because you know what? It's the way we date in our culture and it's screaming out to our generation of young people, this is how it works. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Maybe you're sitting here going, oh, Mark, I married a lemon. I got stuff for you as well. Please don't miss any of these sessions over the next few weeks. Bring your friends if you thought today was helpful. Um, it, it's going to be good. We need to talk about some of this stuff. This is for everyone. I believe that God sends out a recall notice to everyone today. You know how it works? Something that was said today, all of a sudden on the inside, it's like, ding. Oh, that was me. Oh, she's look down. He's, he can read my mind. You know, he, he, must have been he must have been talking to my wife. How the heck does he know this stuff? I don't. But Holy Spirit's giving you a recall notice saying, hey, let, let, let's get some of these things straightened out. Maybe he's giving you a recall notice saying, hey, you know what? Your life, I've given it to you. You're a Ferrari, but shouldn't be driving. You're not meant to drive. I'm calling out to you today saying, hey, you know what? Jesus gave his life. He lived it perfect, gave his life for you because he loves you. He, he doesn't want you to follow him so your life sucks and is really boring. He wants you to follow him so your life is, can rock and be amazing and you allow him to drive and it, it is amazing. He gives you peace, joy, these things that we're talking about and he wipes away all the sin and the, the, the door dings and the fender benders and everything else that you've done. He can, all that high mileage that you feel you might have on you, 
He can wash all that away. He's got that kind of car wash. Yeah. This morning, my call is out to you. If you're here and you maybe need to say one of these prayers, Jesus, here's the keys. Take the wheel. I'll give you my life today. I want to follow you. I want to do this thing right. He'll come in and he'll do the rest. It might take a little bit of time, but he'll do it. This morning, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your, for your word. I thank you for creativity. I thank you for just the way your Holy Spirit can speak to lives. And I pray that this morning, as we look at your recall notice for dating and relationships, God, and especially the relationship that we have with you, or maybe some that don't, God, I just pray today that your Spirit would allow these things to stick in us. That when we come to those places in life where we either making these decisions or know someone who is, that we can encourage them to make them right. Father, I pray for those today right now who want to give you the keys and just aren't sure. I just pray you surround them with your love right now. I rebuke the enemy now in Jesus' name from speaking any lies into their heart, into their, into their head. Father, I pray right now just for them, just like Jesus did, and I know that you are. God, I pray you give them courage this morning to make probably the best decision of their life, to realize the gift that life is and to live it right. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me a chance to live life, to, to have an adventure, to, to have a second chance. God, I pray that today no one would leave this place without understanding what it's like to just be able to live this, this kind of life. Lord, we love you. We really do. Uh, it's just an amazing thing that you've done for us, and we say thank you for it. God, I pray your blessing on the rest of this day. Uh, may we be a blessing to everybody we come in contact with, and, and uh, thank you for the soup and for food, and that we can just have fun together being your family. Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning, and you're one of those people who says, hey, you know what? I, I want to talk to somebody. Maybe you just said that prayer in your head. Hey, I'm Jesus. I'm giving you the keys. We got some people up here at the front who would love to talk to you. Please just come on up to the front and talk to one of them. Maybe they'll just help you to, to, to go through that for a second just to pray. Uh, praying is simply just talking to God. Give him the keys to the car. Hope you enjoyed this morning. Hope you learned something. Hope it affects your life for the better. You're not scarred. And uh, we will see you next Sunday. There's soup back there.